I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. And we'll be taking a look back at Florida's rebound win of Colorado State, 48-10. to 10. And before we get into that, remember, go to newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown to find... All the Gators Breakdown past episodes and articles from the News for Jack sports team. That's newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Hey, look, you can catch us live right here like you're doing on YouTube or on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can find the podcast, all those places. Uh, and thanks for you guys that are catching us live on YouTube uh, right now. But, hey, when you use these services, please share, rate, review the show. And let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown out there. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdowns. As I mentioned, nice, nice rebound win for the Gators over the Colorado State Rams, 48-10. to 10. And I, I say it's a good win uh, for a couple reasons. You know, first off, you know, many were down uh, after last week's loss to Kentucky. So, look, this review episode, much better than what we had last week uh, and what we are looking at last Sunday when we were taking a look back at, at that game. Florida gets the second win in the season now. And uh, we wondered about the mindset of this team coming off that loss to Kentucky and, and how the Gators would respond. There was a lot of talk of Colorado State coming into the swamp after upsetting Arkansas and, and how they would test this Gators team. And in the end, they really didn't. Uh, a shaky start for the Gators. You may not look that way for a little while, but the Gators settled down on offense. And, and in one place, we know right now, we saw it in the first game, and uh, – Look, didn't really get it in the second game. Didn't get a lot of things we wanted to in the Kentucky game. But one place Dan Mullen has made his presence felt already in this program is with special teams. That is the one place you can tell these players have really bought into this coaching staff. Uh, special teams are, 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 again, special at the University of Florida. You know, that was the, uh, the first play uh, where the Colorado State punter dropped the snap and, and was tackled as soon as he was about to kick the ball. And, look, that one had a chance of, uh, of getting blocked even before the drops. So, you know, the Gators were definitely looking, saw some things in tape, I think, to to really be able to, when Colorado State was going to punt, they saw some things that they uh, could go out there and, and, and block some punts. So, you know, the Gators took over at the 11-yard line there, but had to settle for a field goal. Uh, but later in the half, as I mentioned, they, they the Gators must have seen something because they were really pressuring uh, Colorado State when, when they were punting the ball in the first half. And true freshman Amari Bernie made his presence felt uh, in getting through and, and blocking a punt that was recovered for a touchdown. And then, hey, look, in the fourth quarter, a rare, a rare occurrence. Not since the 2015 SEC championship game have we seen a punt return for a touchdown when Antonio Callaway returned it against Alabama. But Freddie Swain takes this one 85 yards for a touchdown. Um, and look, I think we also have pretty much seen Florida has itself a pretty good field goal kicker uh, uh, to uh, true freshman uh, Evan McPherson there as he goes two for two 
Uh, and one of those, that second one, a 48-yarder, would have been good from you know 55 yards plus there. You know, he really booted that straight down the middle. So, hey, look, taking a look at these special teams, and uh, I'm featuring those guys first because, hey, look, that is where we have seen Dan Mullen's fingerprint on this uh, team already. You know, through two, through three games, two of the three uh, special teams have made some big plays, and that's uh, that's probably the biggest difference we've seen so far in previous staffs and what we've seen with Dan Mullen so far is that's the biggest change, that's the biggest positive change, biggest outcome uh, that we've seen Dan Mullen taking over. And uh, there's going to come a time where, where special teams won't be extending leads and blowouts there will be a time that the Gators, the Gators will have to count on them being a difference in close conference games. Uh, you know, is it going to be needed to get the offense in great field position or put points on the board? You know, we'll, we'll see. But at least we know that it's going to help put the offense in better position. And if the offense is really, really struggling, maybe get some points on the board as well. And it can turn games around. So there's going to be these close games the Gators are playing. And these special teams are really going to show up and, and make a difference in a close game. Uh, so, you know, there was there was some definitely some other encouraging signs uh, in the bounce back win versus uh, Colorado State. So even on the early interception and incompletions uh, from Franks, I, I was encouraged. And I know that may sound weird, uh, but the reason I was encouraged is because the right plays were called. Uh, on the first drive, on the third down and four, pass to Scarlett. Scarlett was wide open for an easy conversion, but but Franks was pressured and the pass was a little off target, but but still catchable. And I know I got caught a lot of heat on Twitter for for kind of making that all about Franks. Should have been the better throw. And look, uh, now I can question why Scarlett was in the game instead of a better catching running back. Uh, but that's a play that has to be made by Franks and Scarlett. It is on both of them, uh, but you know those are the little things at that. Passes a little better on target. Maybe Scarlett catches it, and that that play was going for a big, big play. That was that was a lot of yard yardage uh, behind Scarlett that nobody was around him. So you know, it's just it's just little things that kind of add up. But look, it was a perfect play call. I just said maybe it would have been better with Pete Ryan or Davis out of the backfield uh, instead of Scarlett, who who has trouble uh, catching the ball there. But perfect play call. So as I said, an encouraging sign there on the next drive. It's third and six from the Colorado State seven yard line. And Franks does a great back shoulder throw to Siante Lewis. But as we know, Lewis is the best receiver uh, and, and can't make the catch there. So once again, perfect play call. That's where I'm encouraged. But I do wonder why it's Lewis as the receiver instead of Jefferson Grimes or Cleveland. Uh, you know, it should have been a touchdown after the turnover instead of having to settle for a field goal. So, you know, look, it started slow. Over uh, 6 did Franks, but there's two plays right there. Uh, that I was really encouraged with. And, and lastly, the interception that Franks threw was another good, great play call. I mean, play action, great protection uh, and, and time for Franks, but he waits too long after Hammond, after coming off of his first read, and, and the defensive back had time to recover and get the interception. So once again, perfect call, execution just not there. So I feel encouraged because we see plays to be made. And that wasn't always the case in the, in the previous staffs there. You know, there, there are glimpses. So you know, if Florida hits these plays, these these are early in the game, and, and game is basically over by the time we get to the second quarter. Uh, if the game plays out the same way it did, so you know, there, there's even though Frank started over six, um, he you know, he was the main cog in, in all of these plays, and he's still learning this offense on the fly. And I know it sounds like I I, def I defend 
Franks more than others. But the, but the truth is, he's still learning this offense. And I know there are some easy things that he's missing, but that, that's going to happen while learning and playing at the same time. Um, and that goes for the whole team. And it goes for the, the offensive line. It goes for the defensive line. Uh, but more importantly, of course, his quarterback position. And, and Mullen said it best after the game. And quote, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's only his third game. I know people get on him with this narrative. He started all these games, not in our system. He hasn't. And I can't tell you what offense they ran last year or what he was being coached or, or, or what he was being taught. I don't spend any time on that. It's his third game in our system right there. So look, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it too. And that was the way I was looking at, looking at it even before Dan Mullen uh, come out and said it after, after his, uh, in his post-game uh, press conference. So after starting 0 for 6, some his fault, some not, he turned it around and played really, really well the rest of the game. And look, Florida only had a 44 plays on the day. You know, in this game, because of the special teams touchdowns and, and field position limiting uh, plays in the possession, because you're starting so close to the the goal line anyway. Um, so you know, those those limit possessions, uh, especially with the special teams uh, touchdowns, because you give it right back to the opposing offense. So so after Franks goes over six, the offense only ran 28 more plays with Franks as the quarterback after that, and he was eight and nine for 119 yards and two touchdowns. He really turned it around. Now look, you guys know if you if you if you followed me last week and on and on social media, go run the ball. And Florida relied on the run game more, and it really opened up the Colorado State defense for much easier reach for Franks, and he took advantage. So, you know that's an, an, another key in this game I wanted to see. And going back to our preview, and that was just to stick to the running game. And we know the offensive line hasn't been at its best, but I still feel Florida abandoned the run game too early in the first couple games. When you had three backs that were averaging you know, over five yards of carry going into the into the game, and so so Florida stuck with it versus a bad Colorado State defense, and it paid dividends in the run game and and, and pass game, uh, as I mentioned, how much it helped Franks. Uh, so you know Florida had seven runs in the first quarter for only three point nine yards per attempt out of thirteen total plays, but it also but 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 they kept with it. Also had se- also had seven carries in the second quarter. Uh, out of only 11 plays and average 8.1 yards per attempt. So part of that, welcome back, Jordan Scarlett. <laughs> you guys know I haven't been – I've kind of been a, a critic of, of Scarlett of late, uh, but I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, I was glad Florida stuck to the run game because I think it helps backs like Scarlett. Almost, almost as soon as I tweeted out during the game that I'd like to see some consecutive run plays called, Florida did it. Yeah, Florida had a first and 10. Uh, at the Colorado State 30 after a 24-yard laser from Franks to Jefferson. Uh, so, And on that first down run, a gain for no Scarlet, but Florida came right back in second and 10 with a counterplay to Scarlet. He took off for a 30-yard touchdown. And let's not forget the great blocking from Kamori Gamble and Josh Hammond there. Those are the type of explosive plays in the run game we're looking for, and that's how you'll see those plays happen. Offensive line sets it up. Great downfield blocking and a running back takes it to the house. And it was really good to see. You know, it's good to see that, that it was, I think it was, I think it's really good to see that it was Scarlett that kind of had that first big run uh, of the game, but, you know, especially for me because of, you know, how critical I've been and, and, you know, how much praise P Ryan and Davis and, and Pierce have gotten, but you know, good for Jordan Scarlett to, to be able to get that run and, you know, also, uh, I think it goes without saying, <laughs> we need to see uh, Damian Pierce some more. This guy hits the hole on, on a mission. I mean, we may see more with the Malik Davis injury. Uh, X-rays were negative for Davis, by the way. 
So here's to a speedy recovery to get him back on the field. Uh, but, I, but I'd love to see more carries uh, from Pierce, especially after he was shot out of a cannon uh, on another explosive play on that 68-yard run. Uh, you know, so it, but it lends itself again to how do you break up these carries? Scarlett showed up uh, in this game. Pierce showed up in this game. P. Ryan was better the first two games. Uh, Malik Davis, you know, don't know how long he'll be out, but you know, of course, you got to throw him into the mix as well. So, you know, it's really, really hard to tell because there was only 48, 44 plays to go along with this um, uh, on the day. So there's not not wasn't really a lot of plays to to sit there and and uh, you know, kind of hand out carries throughout the game just because there wasn't that many plays to begin with. Um, my biggest complaint of the offense, and it's only a minor complaint because, uh, as I said, they didn't have many plays to, to begin with, get Kadarius Tony the ball more. Uh, you know, I, I'd have at least a drive, a half, where he is the featured player. Get him in on the screen. Put him in the wildcat. And I, and I think I'd like to see him more on, on third down situations. As far as struggled on third down so far this year, uh, seven to thirteen versus Kentucky, only three of eight versus Colorado State. I think he can help there. If, if Florida gets gets in there to some third manageable situations, I think that's where Tony needs the ball in his hands uh, a little more. He can make something happen. I think he can convert these third downs uh, that, that Florida's kind of struggling with right now. And um, you know, but it, it's really hard to take a lot away from the offense. I think you can take a you can take away the turnaround from the first quarter to the second quarter, and what they did there. You can take away the explosive runs from Scarlett and and, and Pierce, and some of the tough running too that we saw from Pierce, uh, yeah, Pierce Scarlett uh, and P Ryan as well. Some very tough runs uh, that those guys did there. So um, you can take those things away, but. Um, 44 plays altogether, kind of just really hard to get a read uh, with how much Colorado State had the ball um, after the, the Florida special teams comes out uh, uh, and just kind of scored and had to get the ball right back uh, to Colorado State. You go to the other side of the ball you know, on defense, and I think uh, it was first and foremost, Mullen and Grantham was sending a message after last week's performance. You had Adam Schuler, Kyrie Campbell, Kylan Johnson, Shaw Jackson all got starts. And really made their presence felt throughout the game. Uh, Jackson was tied for for second in tackles with seven. Jabari Zuniga, two and a half sacks, was a force all day. Thing with Jabari Zuniga, can we see it in SEC play? Uh, and I've brought that up before. And then when I was, uh, you know, uh, on social media with Twitter yesterday, sharing how well he was doing. You know, Thomas Goldcamp, our friend from uh, Swamp Twenty Four Seven, uh, kind of retweeted that and kind of asked the same question. And that is the question with Jabari Zuniga. It's always been the question with Zuniga. Can he show up in SEC play when competition ramps up? Hopefully, hopefully he can continue this type of play. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it was good for a defense to have that guy who could consistently get back there uh, and make the quarterback had to worry about him. The right tackle had to worry about Zuniga. Uh, so the left tackle had to worry about him a good bit. So uh, it's just, can we go, when we go to Tennessee, is it is Zuniga a guy you can count on when Florida goes to Mississippi State? When we host LSU in a few, in a few weeks, is Zuniga going to be able to keep that up? And it's you know he he has a, he has a lot of tackles for loss in his career. He has some sack numbers, but it's usually been against the lower tier competition on the schedule. And once again, here in Colorado State, so you know while Zuniga has shown flashes, we need to see it in SEC play. And uh, so hopefully he can continue this type of play here. Yeah, but good for this defense to show up versus an explosive offense in general. 
Um, sure, there were times when the, when the defensive line couldn't generate a rush and, and many holes in the zone defense in the middle of the field where, where Carter Samuels had some time. But this this was a good response by the defense after last week. Discipline was better. Tackling was better. The young defensive backs didn't let big plays happen behind them. And as our good friend and, and co-host for Gators Breakdown, uh, Will Miles pointed out, Rashawn Joseph even showed improvement in pass coverage. And uh, so good on this staff for being able to address the issue from last week. And it was obvious the players were responded so you know good good uh, that's what you know that, that was the nice things that we saw from this colorado state game is being able to respond after disappointed responding in ways that responding with the problems uh, that you saw last week and most of those were were, were fixed and um you know just just uh, overall addressing issues making practice really really hard during the week uh, i've heard the rumors were that practice was brutal last week Really brutal, and I, I think you saw from, from from you know from some of these players out there as well, sending some messages by by by, by some guys not starting with Conliff and Slayton, uh, and changing it, and you know you know really really good uh, to just to get a lot of defenders the ball. I mean James Houston led the team with eight tackles, three solo, uh, forced a fumble there, and uh, he, he's really shown up in these first few games. So if Florida can get her, you know there was a lot of talk about David Reese and if he was going to play in this game or not. He didn't, but you know, good for this linebacker court to fix the issues from last week without their general on the field, without their the, the leader of the of the defense on the field. Um and so that, that that's another reason I kind of like what I saw uh from that was because there was a lot of talk about um him being back on the David Reese being back on the field uh, and, and the linebacking core would need him and they're going to need him when SEC play starts. Don't get me wrong. That's one reason I think Florida you know, they were going to, it was kind of mostly a game time decision. I heard around Friday that he may not uh, uh, play, but uh, I think they're really just trying to make sure he's really ready for SEC play and the Gators are going to need Reese. But, you know, good for the overmatched opponent for those linebackers to come in, uh, led by, you know, James Houston, Ray Shad Jackson, those guys really showing up and making plays uh, there. But, you know, you had James Houston, eight tackles, uh, as I mentioned. But you had Jeremiah Moon, Chauncey Gardner, Rayshon Jackson, all with seven tackles apiece there. Uh, Brad Stewart, you know, struggled a little bit, but he had five tackles on the one scoring touchdown drive. You know, he got kind of abused there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, teams are going to score. Uh, but, uh, you know, we could kind of look at there. And, and Colin Johnson, like I said, good for him being able to get the start, you know, playing last year uh, as well and being able to come in and get four tackles for him. Um uh, as well so you know good showing there i think you know from the defense in, in, in general and now i'll kind of re- i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I do have some responses to some questions. Um, not really questions, but some people. I, I did ask for your responses and reactions uh, from the game um, yesterday against Colorado State. So... I'll get into some more thoughts with some of these comments here, but uh, Mark Kearse, uh at Design Mark, many of you guys know go ahead know him out there from a lot of the graphics he puts out there, really great graphics uh, looking there uh, that he puts out on, on Twitter. So uh, Mark says, running backs need more carries. I wish Franks took more advantage of the underneath routes instead of the long bomb all the time. 
Defense still looked terrible at tackling. I have more, but I'll wait to see if we are just holding back our playbook for SEC play. That's maybe where I see why Tony isn't getting the ball a little more. Is maybe, and I'm not a big fan of the whole holding back and, and also using it as an excuse. But maybe that's where I see some of the, the lack of Tony stuff. Is maybe they, you know, look. I thought he should have been unleashed against Kentucky a little bit more last week, um, especially after what we saw he did to him last year. But it was his first game. I don't know how much the staff thinks they can trust him just yet. So. Maybe that's why we didn't see him a whole lot last week. He made his presence felt against Colorado State with two plays in a row, and hopefully we see him again more next week against Tennessee uh, as well. Maybe there is some more Wildcat. Maybe there are some more formations. Maybe there are some more quote-unquote sneaky plays you can do out there with, with Kadarius Tony and kind of you know, getting the, uh, the defense maybe to flow one way and get uh, Tony the ball uh, going the other way. Uh, running backs need more carries, of course. I, I think so too. I am big on – not making Franks go out there and win the game. We saw what's Florida stuck to the run game. It opened up that Colorado State defense. They didn't know what kind of plays were coming. They were doing a lot of guessing out there. So it opened up some one-on-ones with Franks. We saw the long bomb to, to Van Jefferson for a touchdown. I mean, look, that those, when you're running the ball well, that's the kind of matchups you're going to get. And I, I trust uh, these receivers. If Franks has time to throw um, – and the run game is going well. I trust him to be able to, to throw it one on one with these receivers that Florida has out there. And, and another thing of yeah, and it is that is my only worry, not only worry, another worry uh, for Franks is just looking for that big play all the time. You know, go through your progressions, go through your progressions with speed, make the right decision, throw the ball. Uh, a lot easier said than done, <laughs> I know, uh, but that is where uh, he has got to get. Uh, better uh mark also asked there when's david reese coming back i i and i just kind of talked about him i do expect him to play versus tennessee so it'll be nice to get him back um on the field there ali peak wilbur eric wilbur's uh wife there former florida punter uh sent in score is not indicative of how much work this team has to has to do to beat anyone substantial uh yeah i agree to a point there the the lines of scrimmage are still not where they need to be uh, for the University of Florida, uh, still the you know like I said, only 44 plays, but still, still times where I would like to see more of a push by the defensive line, especially when they're not bringing the pressure, um, uh, you know the, the blitz packages from from um, Todd Grantham's defense. There, I just want to see the the, the trenches. Still got to get better. Definitely got to get better in SEC play. Uh, and, of course, the first quarter struggles. I like seeing a faster start, especially after last week. But good for the the mental aspect of being able to bounce back uh, there. Mullen did get on Franks now for that personal foul call. Mullen was pretty heated about that. Uh, he goes, he, you know, he, he doesn't mind if you throw bad throws, interceptions. Uh, Mullen says that's coaching. But uh, the personal foul is not coaching. That's on the player. So Mullen really got on the Franks about that uh, there. And Mullen doesn't want Franks to pout. You know, that was another thing Mullen brought up in, in the postgame press conference. He doesn't want to see his quarterback with his head down. Doesn't want to see the quarterback pout. Uh, look, it's going to happen. You're going to have bad plays. Get over it. Get out here go and go uh, for the next drive and, and prepare that way. Uh, but uh, – it, you know, good, good, good coaching on the sideline from Dan Mullen there. Uh, something we've been lacking uh, in games uh, for a few seasons now. Uh, KT Orange and Blue at Orange or at Blue and Orange KT uh, team showed improved effort. Secondary has to improve. Uh, Frank's needs to let the ball go. Playing for the perfect guy open, which leads to guys getting covered later in the route. Depth is thin all around, except running back. Pierce should take Davis's spot in rotation while he's out with injury so yeah a lot a, a lot there 
team definitely showed improved effort, uh, as we said. I think it was a wake-up call with how bad they played last week and how tough practice was uh, this week. You know, those this, this guys, they needed it. Uh, I hate to say they needed a wake-up call two games into the season, but they absolutely did. Um, uh, there. So, uh, Mr. One Bits, uh, I've seen so many games in recent years, and I always pray for big plays. I miss one game, and these players go all out. <laughs> a block kick for a touchdown, a return punt for a touchdown, breakthrough run for a touchdown from Pierce. I want to watch games uh, in the swamp. So, there. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Sorry, sorry you had to miss those plays yeah, in, in person there. So, EB Payne. Uh, says saw improvement, effort increase, and plenty of room still to grow while dominating the scoreboard in a game where the other team had the ball vastly more than we did. Impressed with 48 points on just 44 offensive plays. He's excited to continue to watch this team continue to improve. And that, that's what it's going to be, guys. I mean, this team is going to have to improve, learn, and improve all at the same time. And, and it can't be done. It, it's going to, it's going to have to be done uh, if Florida wants to turn this season around and, and kind of, you know, go where you can still get those uh, you know, seven, eight wins there. A lot of people kind of still down on the Kentucky game and projecting, you know, a, you know, six win around a six win season there, but if Florida can improve, show the, show the improvement uh, there, you know, uh, not, not, not a lot of wins to pencil in anymore, uh, except for that Idaho game later in the season. So got to improve every week there. And if Florida can improve every week, there's still some wins out there. You know, you, you can't, you can't get stagnant there. Mullen, Mullen preaches it every week. You know, we got to be better in practice, better in practice, better, better in practice from the last week. Um, he says they were better in practice from in week two than they were in week one. Didn't show it against Kentucky, but you know, better practice, watch film, get the things right, go from there. So um, here we go. Uh, let's see. Lethal inefficiency at low, low key 850. Lethal inefficiency. There we go. Uh, shot at uh, our, uh, our rivals to the west uh, there. Uh, didn't mind seeing that. Uh, with Syracuse pounding FSU. Uh, but to get to, uh, to what he was saying, um, was extremely impressed with the defensive tackle Shuler and Campbell and how they collapsed the pocket all day. Was also impressed with linebacker James Houston again and special teams. Uh, and uh, look, I look, I like what he says here. For anyone still wondering why Knox was hired in Sider's place, now you know. There's there, there's some truth to that. Uh, I think you know Knox was a, a big time special teams guy at Mississippi State. I can't remember the graphic they showed, but you know I think Mississippi State since 2015 was top five or six in blocking field goals, punts, whatever it was. They showed a graphic in the game. I have to go back and look at it, but you know his special teams have been good uh, at, at at Mississippi State for for some time now. And look through two games or through three games, two of the games. Florida has shown improved special teams as well. Sider wasn't going to bring you that. Uh, now, now we know we we, we know Sider's more about the recruiting side of it, and um, uh, we don't really know what he would could have worked out running backs coach or whatever. Shifted to tight end coach, but the problem, you know, the reason for that is they needed Mullen felt the need uh, to bring Knox in, and we've already seen the impact that we've seen on special teams there. Uh, the Gator Football Report uh, says like getting a W, but still very concerning team five to six win season this year also pierce deserves some early carries get lewis off my field on passing downs <laughs> let's see some crow gamble and pits uh in all caps get tony the ball gotta run more secondary gotta grow up more 
Uh, yeah, you know, some things I've already said, hit on there. I didn't mention – I did mention Pierce getting more carries. I was like to see some more early in the game as well because, look, I, I really think, especially on the road coming up this week, we'll talk more about the Tennessee game, of course, coming up later this week on Gators Breakdown. But Florida's going to have to go run the ball uh, in, in Knoxville. I don't want Frank throwing the ball 38 times again, especially on the road. If, if he's throwing the ball 38 times next week, I'm afraid it, it, it wouldn't be – in good situations. So um, Pierce, I think, deserves some more early carries. See if he can bust another big one. Uh, and, and you're trying to er, trying to quiet down that early crowd uh, there uh, in Knoxville. Yes, yeah, Yante Lewis, it, it's just it, it's so hard uh, to tell. Yeah, in passing situations, not not the best of options. He'll have those one or two great blocks a game, too, that really helps spring some runs. So I think that's probably where they like him a, a lot as well. Uh, but, yeah, you, you hope to see Kroll, Gamble, Pitts maybe get on the field a little bit more. Like I said, Kamori Gamble on Scarlet's run had a really nice block. So even your even your secondary options at tight end are showing the ability to spring some big plays. And as, as I mentioned, it's going to take those type of, uh, of plays from guys that are not getting the ball to spring the big plays for the guys who are getting the ball. So, you know, very unselfish play there, and it will need to continue there. See uh, turnage. Uh, James Houston should be starting next to David Reese next week. Always around the ball, forced to fumble on the punter. He's earned it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see what these what the coaches think about the linebacker position uh, there, especially when, when Reese comes back and who you start alongside of him. But James Houston has showed a lot uh, in these first three games to, I think, earn uh, you know a, a lot more playing time there. Uh, so it would be, you know, is he too similar to David Reese? You know, we'll, we'll kind of see there. I don't know how they, you know, especially with uh, – Linebackers falling back into coverage, how they feel uh, about you know those two on the field together. Uh, Sean Hankins, good friend Sean Hankins here. Uh, Franks is still improving week by week. Just matched his touchdown total of nine from last year. That is encouraging. We will continue to be below average on offense until the offensive line becomes a better unit than they have shown as of late. Really encouraged with McPherson and special teams. Yeah, as I mentioned, you know, special teams big. I mean, look, I mean, Florida may have found itself a pretty good kicker already after just after Pinedo, uh, you know, he could have stayed one more year, but uh, Florida goes out and I believe McPherson was the number one kicker in the nation uh, in recruiting and he's made his presence known early. Still got screwed over last week by the referees and their missed call in the Kentucky game. Uh, so his ratio would be a little bit better this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, good for him uh, when, the, when the Gators really needed some points for him to go out there and, and knock those two field goals through. Uh, there. Um, lethal efficiency also sent in at low key 850. Also sent in. Also, the passing game still isn't nowhere where it needs to be uh, for the games we have coming up. And unfortunately, will cost us some games going forward. 13 is better than last year, but he's still holding this offense back. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. At times he is, at times he isn't. Uh, I still think he needs more help uh, there. Um, as I've said, when, when the run game is going and the offensive line gives him time, I think we've seen what he can do. It, 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 it does, you know, it, I, it, I'm sorry that it lends its for, for Frank's sake, I'm sorry that it lends itself that he needs so much help uh, around him. Some some quarterbacks out there can, can make more, more somethings out of nothings, but not Frank's. He's going to need the help. And, you know, it, no more important, it is a team game, and we see it with Felipe Frank's, and it really has to be um, – uh, I hate to say it has to be perfect around him for everything to go right, but it has to be pretty good around him. So, you know, but – I still think that goes back to him needing to learn more of the offense, learn the nuances of the offense, learn what defenses are bringing. Because that was another thing Dan Mullen and, and Jordan Scarlett also brought up too in the post game was Colorado State came out and showed some things 
that they hadn't seen before. And there was a little confusion on Frank's side there. But you know, as I mentioned, in those in that 0 for 6 stretch, there were some good played calls, uh, some calls played there. So, you know, it was kind of a, I think, 50-50 thing. Uh, Frank was a little confused and some teammates not helping him out um, when he actually did some good things there. So uh, Sean Hankins did see uh, – no, wait, John Curto brings up a good point at John James Curto. What is our offensive and defensive identity at this point? It's important to determine who you are and re- reinforce that week after week. I've seen three different teams so far. Uh, that was the that was something I did bring up when in a first year head coach. You're going to get a lot of ups and downs, and like look, and I've said I've said this time after time again, the coaches are still learning the players as well, um, and, and what they do well. Um, as I've mentioned earlier, there's still some time some players are on the field in situations um, like you know R.J. Raymond getting in, in the first two games, getting those passes down the field. Uh, he was covered, you know, not being out of separation. You know, why, why, why is Raymond out there so much in, in those situations? Deontay Lewis with the, the back shoulder catch uh, there, you know, Scarlett on the third and four. Yes, the perfect play call was there, but not really known for uh, being the best option to catch the ball. So I still think they're trying to go through learning what, players what certain players do in certain situations hard to get a read on this last game with 44 plays um there i think i said do i think wanted to stick with the run game before when you want to stick with the run game with only 44 plays you're not going to get a lot of passing uh there so but i didn't want to see frank throwing the ball 38 times that was as i said that's what we saw against kentucky so you're right john we've seen different identities up to this point there defensive Defensively, of course, uh, the shutout against an overmatched opponent, not shutout, but you know, blowing the opponent out in the first game of the season, um, not a triple option, way lower tier type of team that was had blowout written all over it. Uh, Kentucky not being able to tackle, um, getting you know, letting big plays happen this week, kind of bringing everything back together and, and being better on defense. That's, that, that's all they needed to do uh, in this third game. So I, I think that the big test and, and the identity of the defense is going to be what we see uh, when they go on the road to Rocky Top there. So uh, Sean Hankins, overall, the team is learning how to play right under Mullen and the staff. This is an adjustment year for the program and a bit of a project for the next few years. Gator fans need to be patient with him. Rome was not built in a day, nor will this team be elite in a season either uh brandon cisneros our team has a lot of work to do but i see progress hey there's my word progress in technique and intensity both lines got more push defensive line more so than the offensive line in my opinion damian pierce Kadarius tony need more use more p ryan catching out of the backfield and i want to see us run the ball open up the passing game not reverse agree there i agree there as i've mentioned just get that run game going i think it helps the whole offense uh, their heavy metal gator still got a long ways to go, but the potential is there. Uh, this is something I was talking behind the scenes too with uh, with, with Will, and then the heavy metal gator brings it up. I'm not sold on Grantham. I believe the next three games will reveal more about this team. Go Gators! And look, it, it's uh, yeah, I, I wasn't so impressed with what the, the the scheme Grantham was running, but to that point. How much does he trust the secondary right now? After the big plays they led up so much against Kentucky the week before, look, the, the Gators didn't give up big plays yesterday. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of big plays there. You know, a lot of chunk plays, a lot of uh, the explosive plays uh, weren't there against an offense that had been doing it uh, in, in their previous three games. So you know, good for that defense to to not let the big play happen. Um, but you know, uh, there there are times. When, as I mentioned earlier, when the middle of the field was wide open, 
granted, we're not going to see Grantham blitz as much as we want. And as I think partly because of the trust of the secondary right now, there's not a lot of trust. There's no, there's a lot of use. There's a lot of inexperience for right now. I think this is going to be a twenties to twenties defense, a 20 to 20 defense. What that means is yeah, in the red zone out of there, you know, keep, you, once they get to the red zone, I think this defense, the, the game plan is going to have to be to kind of shut down there in SEC play. I think uh, you'll see some better offenses there. Uh, of course, you'll see some teams that will run the ball uh, much better. But they're going to they're gonna keep the big plays from, from happening, keep plays in front of them. You're going to have a lot of these – you probably chunk yardage plays to, to convert third downs. Uh, probably this team would be the defense would be on the field a lot because I don't think we'll see a lot of uh, of the blitz packages, the blitz schemes that we're used to seeing under Todd Grantham because of the the, the youth and the inexperience in the secondary. Now you, know, you could uh, reverse that around and say, well, we'll bring more pressure that help that secondary, but. It, Here's the thing. If you don't get to the quarterback, these better offensive lines that you're going to start facing, these better teams you're going to start facing, gives those quarterbacks some time in here in the SEC, they're going to hit those, they're going to hit those big plays. So if, if you bring the pressure and don't get to the quarterback, then that's where I think the big plays will happen uh, with, a, with, a, with the coverage down the field with this inexperienced secondary. So I think it's going to be imperative. And I think Florida will probably start out every game trying to figure out how much pressure the front three, four guys can get by themselves there was you know as, as i mentioned there were some plays hit from from colorado state but most of the time florida could get back there with with the three four guys bringing the initial pressure and and not having to spend so much time blitzing and, and scheming up blitzes to, to try and cause havoc so hopefully you know this defensive line this was a little spark for them as i mentioned jabari zuniga earlier he can come in and start being that force when sec play with the meat of the sec schedule coming up uh, a couple more tweets here uh, before we uh, get uh, get off here, uh, C3 uh, feels hollow to me. Those games don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. SEC games is what matters. Huge implications traveling to Rocky Top. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see where it feels a little hollow. Uh, you know, these games, all in all, don't mean much. Uh, but coming off of a loss, uh, the mentality going into this game, I think, was big, and that, that was the biggest part. Is, 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 can you can, can you come in and do what you want to? And for the most part, after the first quarter, uh, the, the Gators did. And Scott Sway, here we go, last one. Start Brett Heggie, feed Damian Pierce the ball. I repeat, start Brett Heggie and feed Damian Pierce the ball. So uh, I do think Heggie will start working into the rotation a little bit. Uh, he is the mean street guy on the offensive line, and I think uh, that we do need to see uh, him and, and Pierce kind of teamed up more uh, each other. I think once Heggie starts getting his health a little bit more, he missed a lot of time. He's still kind of learning the scheme, but – I don't think you can ignore so much the mean streak he just brings out there on that offensive line. And um, so there we go. Good tweets, good thoughts from everybody out there. Uh, you know, some people see it one way, some people see it another way. Nobody's wrong uh, in those situations. And everybody's looking for something different, uh, but everybody's looking for a win. And that's what the Gators did against Colorado State to the tune of 48 to 10. So let's take a look around the SEC here before uh, I let you go. South Carolina, remember their game was canceled against Marshall, so they did not play uh, SEC East. Big-time rivals Georgia beat Middle Tennessee State 49-7. to Not much of a game there. Kentucky, after um, uh, their win versus Florida last week, didn't let up against Murray State. It was only 17-3 uh, at halftime, but they ended up winning 48-10 to there. 
Tennessee, Florida's next opponent, 24-0 over UTEP. So they pitch a shutout there against a UTEP team that is now 0-3. Uh, Tennessee uh, started slow, had some turnovers. Uh, Garantano only 168 yards passing. Uh, Ty Chandler, Florida's going to have to watch out for him at running back, 158 yards. He's another hard-to-tackle running back. Uh, it's kind of to the similar mold of Benny Snell there. So Florida have its hands full. And like I said, we'll take a look at that more coming up this week. Vandy. Vandy almost had Notre Dame. Uh, was going on the way to score. Really good field position door there towards the end. Threw an interception late. So Vanderbilt loses to Notre Dame 22 to 17. Uh after being down, it was 16 to 3 at halftime. And Vanderbilt found a way to, to come back uh and make a game of that. But they they do lose at Notre Dame 22 17. But Vanderbilt showing a lot of toughness there. Shermer, 326 yards passing. So I get your secondary is gonna have to be ready uh when they face him as well. Uh, coming up in a few weeks, but uh, good showing by Vanderbilt there. Uh, game of the week in the SEC. LSU upsets Auburn 22-21 with a last-second field goal. Uh, Joe Burrow, of course, you know the interest there of him because of all the talk um, when he was transferring. 249 yards, didn't have the best day, but had a heck of a fourth quarter. He showed up clutch time uh, in, in that game, and LSU comes out of Death Valley with a 22-21 win. As we mentioned, Florida over Colorado State, 48-10. Colorado State last week beat Arkansas, and Arkansas, oh, it's ugly for them. North Texas beat Arkansas 44-17. It was 17-0 North Texas after their first quarter. Uh, So big-time, big-time disappointment there from Arkansas losing to North Texas in blowout fashion. Uh, Some people uh, thought Ole Miss's offense could hang with Alabama. They did score first, took a 7-0 lead, and it was 28-7 after the first quarter, Alabama. So 62-7 is the final score, Alabama over Ole Miss. Wasn't even close uh, at all. Uh, those Ole Miss wide receivers couldn't do nothing against this Bama team, and Tua Tagovailoa really showed uh, he's an accurate quarterback as well and uh, might be the best fit quarterback Alabama's had uh, in, in Saban's era here. They're going to they're gonna steamroll everybody this year. Um, they don't have a tough game between LSU, Auburn, and stuff like they usually do, but I don't see anybody beating Alabama right now. Mississippi State, uh, opponent in two weeks, of course, beats Louisiana 56-10. to Missouri escaped uh, Purdue 40-37 to there, so Drew Locke 375 yards uh, there at Purdue. Purdue's 0-3 for the season. Missouri's 3-0. After that game, so 40-37, to 37, Missouri over Purdue. And the last game in the SEC, 48-10, Texas A&M over Louisiana, Monroe. Quick look at the standings here. Of course, Georgia and Kentucky are the only two teams in the East with a conference win. Georgia last week versus South Carolina, Kentucky last week over Florida. Uh, both those teams 3-0, Missouri 3-0, as I mentioned. Florida 2-1, 0-1 in the conference. Tennessee 2-1 overall. Um, no wins in the conference, of course, either. Vandy 2-1, South Carolina 1-1 after their game was canceled 0-1 in the conference. Alabama and LSU lead the way in the West with the one conference win apiece. Both teams 3-0, Mississippi State 3-0 as well. And then Auburn, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas uh, there. So, yeah, I'll start with those standings here um, showing this. uh, Most teams have played a conference game by now, and if not, they're playing it this upcoming week. So Florida wins 48-10 over Colorado State. It is officially Tennessee week, Tennessee hate week. So beat Tennessee. Let's go Gators. Um, 
That's a game that's always exciting. The game is being set now. Of course, it was set Saturday night. We already knew it was going to be a night game, but ESPN was kind of figuring out what they were going to do with their family of networks, whether it was going to be on ESPN, ESPN2, or 7.30 kickoff on SEC Network, but it's going to be a 7 p.m. kickoff in Rocky Top on ESPN. So primetime game for Felipe Franks in this offense, uh, and it will be a raucous Rocky Top crowd. Uh, they're smelling the blood in the water. They smelled blood in the water coming into this game many a times uh, in, in the past. Two first-year coaches, Dan Mullen, Jeremy Pruitt, but Pruitt's overall first year uh, was, like I said, we'll talk more about this game coming up this week, but just on the surface, I don't think you know, it looks good if Dan Mullen loses this game to a first-year head coach, to, to a program similar uh, to, to Florida and the struggles they've had uh, recently. But as I said, we'll get in more to that. Mike Laval from Last Word on College Football would join me, big t- Tennessee guy there. I've had him on before. Mike can break down Tennessee with the best of them. And we'll get him on here uh, later this week. That'll be the Wednesday mid uh, midweek episode. And tomorrow, next episode of Gators Breakdown, we'll bring on Will Miles. He broke down the he broke down the, uh, the the game already, so you can go read his article at readandreaction.com. We'll talk more about it on the next episode of Gators Breakdown. So look for that, uh, you know, tomorrow um, on on Monday. So you'll either listen on Monday Night Live here on YouTube, or you'll catch it Tuesday morning when it's uh, most of you catch it on your commute anyway. So. Thanks all. Thanks for all that. Much better, much better feeling this week. As I say, Florida beats Colorado State, forty-eight to ten. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown and beat Tennessee.